1: Everybody and welcome to this edition of the Brit Rest Roundtable. It's been a little while. We have took most of April off because so did Brit Rest. but also Arn was busy with Champions Carnival and watching Joel Redmond be surprisingly good. He's always been good. Yeah, but he seemed kind of checked out for a while, and then this. I mean, I guess it makes sense that being in what the maybe the second or third most prestigious tournament. Ever in wrestling, it, would well, it would have you. been
0: in the past. Like I know we've kind of like gone straight into a conversation here, but like uh, champion carnival like in the past, like in the eighties, would have been like a, a really big deal if he was in it. Whereas now he's in it yeah. with like Samadonis and Gianni, yeah. Gianni Valletta, so it's perhaps not quite so exciting. because Yeah, but hi-
1: historically, it's what like you, you'd you'd still have it behind the the real world tag league. Um, Historically, and then I think adding everything together, it's probably also behind the G one. It's a big deal for me. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I'm sure he was very happy
0: about it because like they, I'm aware that all Japan don't have a lot of money, so like having they have to pick and choose like what they can do, but they were kind of benefited from. um So Aoki uh, at sushi Aoki the the junior who was in the tournament this year, like he has gone over to the UK a couple of times. And while he was over there, he wrestled uh, Joel Redmond. So when he was uh, back in Japan, they're planning this tournament. They're looking at a European guy. Uh, they ask him and go like, well, who do you think's good from Europe? And he goes, well, I had a couple of matches with Joel Redmond. He, he was pretty good. And they're like, okay. So they, they uh, messaged him on Facebook. And that's how Joel Redmond got in the champion carnival.
1: Sometimes it's as easy as that. You have also been to DTTI recently, the Fight Club Pro's big three-day tournament. I Was just the, the one day of that, right? Yeah, I went to the
0: first night. So I got to see like a third of, of the tournament. So I got to see like two of the tournament matches and a, a really, really good uh, Will Ospreay-Dan Maloney match which um, I don't know if you watch Fight Club when it's on demand, but I remember you asking me at the end of last year, were there any like Fight Club matches that I'd recommend from 2018? I was like, not especially. <laughs> not really. But um, oh, definitely uh, Osprey and Maloney I thought was a great match. Um, it, it really felt like a breakout match for Maloney because I don't remember ever seeing him have a match. that so I turned around afterwards and said, that was that was fantastic, which is exactly how I felt about that. Crowd was red hot. Uh, oh, I was a great night of wrestling. But they had a uh, kind of trouble with the lineup because they had like these these hot batches like Osprey and Maloney, and then it was like, okay, how should we follow that? I don't know Charlie Evans versus Giselle Shaw, and it just felt like they were being thrown to the wolves. Uh, mm. In wolves, literally. Hey, so. <laughs> thematic. Yeah. And unfortunately I had to watch Sammy Callahan. Well I didn't actually. I went and chatted to uh Frankie Frazier. Uh so I was kinda of talking to him and he was watching the match over my shoulder and I was just looking at the merch table. <clears throat> so but it it was a protest. I feel good about it.
1: Well there we go. Um on this edition of the podcast we're gonna be talking about another uh three day british tournament that's got slightly more hype because fight club pro is always in that that weird yeah. space where it's like does really well with live crowds live crowds always seem to love their shows yeah. but then
0: i would hope that uh people do check out dtti because I, I am going to watch uh nights two and three when i get a chance uh because it was a really uh it was a good tournament and there was some some cracking matchups osprey and phoenix was on night two and, and that sounds tremendous. Yeah, the it did look very like choreographed and, and pre-planned from the clips that I've seen, but at the same time, it's just about the best choreographed and pre-planned <laughs> thing that you could possibly hope for because it's Osprey and Phoenix. So right. yeah, I definitely need to see that.
1: So Super Strong Star Sixteen is happening next next week. Yeah, next week. Um it's very May... soon. May the 4th till the 6th, so going over into the, the bank holiday Monday. And it's kind of the first real progress thing we've talked about so far this year, because progress is like, it feels so absent in terms of like all buzz. Maybe it's just our bubble, but it, it just feels like the level of energy surrounding it is almost non-existent.
0: Yeah, a lot of people have stopped watching it. Um, I've had two people specifically tell me that they stopped watching it because I stopped reviewing it, and I was like, oops. Uh, But I kind of stopped reviewing it because it just kind of felt a little bit superfluous, Um, and it was a relief to kind of not have to review something on a regular basis. So uh, I quite happily bowed out of that, that responsibility for Voices
1: yeah and like it it feels like i think you referenced it a couple of times in the past like it feels like they care about it less the shows they they feel less important it feels like less is going on it feels like they've got less of a, like a core roster that they're actually building around and it's more and more there's a couple of interesting matches but almost in isolation for the most part and it, it's kind of sad to see progress become that cuz they were always from the beginning they were like a promotion that made a lot out of what they their core roster was and for the first time it really feels like that's not the case anymore
0: well when all three of them work for WWE and yeah. have responsibilities with WWE it it kind of takes away from what the product is going to be and this tournament does feel heavily WWE influenced because they've now got those connections So some of the people that are in this tournament are in there because they're mates with WWE and they're kind of of in bed with them to a a degree. Um, Which is, I mean, for some people who are going to the show, I'm sure that's a a positive boon because they're getting to see uh, Kyle O'Reilly wrestle. Whereas if they didn't have that relationship, he wouldn't be on the show. Uh, If WWE had gotten into... Uh, Britress and scooped up all the guys that they have and then not allowed Progress to use them because they didn't have a relationship, then you wouldn't have a lot of other guys in there as well. You wouldn't have Ilya, you wouldn't have Trav. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else is in there? That's uh, uh, Jordan Devlin. So there's, there's guys they just couldn't use. Um, so they've just had to work around it and it's felt kind of less important because of that And I I do agree that to a certain extent it's because we're in a bubble of uh, wrestling Twitter where there are trendsetters and people who set the the trends don't watch progress. And that's been the case for quite some time. Whereas uh, I kind of bad out of it logically after it just kind of wore me down a bit, to be honest, but uh, it wasn't because the shows were bad. It's just having that regular uh, commitment to reviewing something was just annoying me. So I was glad that it stopped.
1: Do you remember when they first started doing the chapter shows a little more frequently and w- most people said it's, it's going to be fairly inevitable that they start feeling a little less important, which isn't necessarily even a criticism. That's always going to happen. You have more of them. yeah. And they're always going to pull back on that. And for a while, they were like, "No, it's, every single one's going to be like a super show. We're going to have a, a title match in the main event every single time." And then they expanded into different cities. They're running more and more shows. They're running a crazy schedule um, these last what year and a half or so. Um, like it's not like a full time tour or anything, but it's it's most weekends there was some sort of progress show, or most months there'd be you know a handful of progress shows. And it has got to the point where it does feel like you've got a lot of, like, WWE Raws instead of shows for their own sake. Shows that are just building and aren't necessarily that important on their own. And I think yeah. nothing better illustrates that than that their champion, Volta, has been on one show so far this year for them. And we're in, well, we're about to enter, April, uh, enter May.
0: Yeah, if you look on, uh, I'm currently on uh, the Cage Match um, page for Progress. Uh, So I'm on the events page. And if you kind of scroll down the right-hand side there, some of the shows are still getting, like, okay scores. Well, I say that, but, like, a lot of the ones from this year just haven't had enough ratings to qualify because nobody's watching. But uh, unboxing was good. And then you look back before that, and there's there's a lot of very middling ratings and it just it's there's some really poor scores from last year. Really poor scores. And that wasn't happening before. It's um it just feels like it's gone off the off the boil a little bit and it is because they've they've spread themselves too thin, not just with the WWE commitments but also with uh doing an American tour. They did what six days in in the States, then they did a tour of Germany uh, they did Australia. We, I applaud the ambition behind all this, but it has resulted in the shows being less special.
1: Yeah, and like for the most part, they're all drawing pretty well, so you you completely understand why they're doing it. But it it the buzz does feel like almost like even last year when a lot of these same things were happening, you'd have, you'd still have almost one match on every show. Or if not that, like at minimum one, every two shows where it'd be like, yeah, the show wasn't really grabbing me, but you need to like go and watch this. You need to see this Volta title defense. You need to see, um, this big tag match. This year, like there's literally only been one match that's got any sort of buzz from, from my viewpoint. Two, if you're being generous, if you're including Volta Ridgeway, but not really, um, like that, I'm I'm a bigger Ridgeway fan as you're gonna get pretty much, and like that, that didn't really enter my my sphere, and I w- I've still watched it, and it was it was good, but it wasn't anything special. Um, it's really just that TLC match from them so far this year, and I think that's kind of led into a really weird atmosphere surrounding Strong Style because this has always been like since they've started running the the big autumn show it's always kind of been either their their a weekend of the year or their b weekend kind of they run free shows and it's the only time they really run free shows at a at a fairly big venue as opposed to like their their one-off wrestlemania type deal that they do but this has always been like a big deal and traditionally it's always felt like wow this is like a culmination of something because there's been nothing to culminate almost, like, mm. buzz-wise, it kind of feels weird, but then you look at, like, the tournament and you go, this is a very good lineup," but it it feels almost like in isolation. It's like a, a, a tournament in a vacuum, almost.
0: Yeah, I feel very, very similar to that. Um, I think that they're having great difficulty with who they can book against who, uh, which means like certain names are not here um and I, I think that's that kind of hurts the the storyline aspect of it as well because there's certain guys who you can see in this tournament like Chris Brooks and, and David Starr and you have to put question marks next to them as to whether they would ever win uh the progress title even if they though they're being used there regularly and have been for quite some time uh is there any way they can actually win it I don't know I uh they they're not really associated with anyone else, so you could argue that's the case. But I don't know.
1: Yeah, it, it is strange. Let let's ru- let's run through the the sixteen people involved this year, and it will kind. Of, I think it will kind of illustrate the point afterwards. Like, so we've got Chris Brooks going up against Ilya Dragunov in the first round. Trevor Lee going up against Aerostar, Travis Banks versus DJZ. Artemis Spencer versus David Starr, Kyle O'Reilly versus Chris Ridgeway, Darby Allen versus Paul Robinson, Lucky Kid versus Jordan Devlin, and Carl Fletcher versus Dagger. Now, in past years, I think they've always done a really good job of making it feel like a progress tournament with some fly-ins that came in and like special attractions, but it felt very authentic progress. You look at this field, and while it's good, how many names do you really associate with progress? Like, I'll give you Chris Brooks. He's obviously... You know he's kind of everywhere, but like I think it's fine to say yeah he's a progress guy kind of. Um, then you're going down, you're going Ilya Dragunov, not really like they've used him fairly regularly, but he doesn't feel like a progress guy. Travis Banks obviously you'd you'd give to them. David Star maybe, but really like if you're naming three places,
0: well Stars like everywhere, isn't he? So it's kind yeah. of hard to to pigeonhole him as anybody's guy.
1: But if you said, if you said to someone and, you know, again, maybe this is just our perspective, our bubble, but like the three places that you associate start with, it's RevPro, not in any order, but RevPro, OTT and WXW. And then after that, I, I might even throw Beyond in before I get to progress. Like, it, even if you get let, let's let's be kind and give them that. That's that's up to three names. Chris Ridgeway, I think it's fair to give to them now. Um oh. Paul Robinson yes although he's had a very weird relationship with progress where he's been in and out a lot but let's give him that. Lucky kid not really. Jordan Devlin okay let's give let's give them that one and then Carl Fletcher. So it's like even if you're being very generous you're not even getting to half the field. It's it, it doesn't feel that much like a progress tournament, which I think is a real real problem that they're running into in that even if this tournament is really good, is any of that buzz then going to transfer over to the regular progress?
0: Well, how, how many of those guys are going to get used on a regular basis afterwards? I mean, you would assume some of these are just not at all. Like Trevor Lee is signed for WWE, uh, Aerostar, probably not. Uh, DJ Z unlikely uh artem spencer maybe
1: yeah maybe, he has the vibe they someone they want to build around maybe but it, it's a very strange choice but if he's good then fair play to them
0: yeah but again there's, it's another american name there's a lot of americans in here uh darby allen is uh he's going to uh, aew anyway yeah uh, so
1: you'd be surprised if he was uh showing up again
0: uh kylo reilly's a wwe guy um And Daga is unlikely, I would have said, to to come back. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So that's there's a lot of fly-ins that are not flying in again, unless they are guys they deliberately intend to plan around, but I don't think they are.
1: And a lot of people have done the old um, count the, the British people in the in the tournament, and I haven't
0: actually done that. How many are there?
1: So there's Chris Brooks, there's Chris Ridgway, oh. there's Paul Robinson, and that's Wow, it. that's it. <laughs> now, if you expand it a little to include Europeans, then you you pull in Ilya Dragonov, you pull in who else? Uh, um, Lucky, Lucky kid and Devlin and Devlin. So you get up to six. Mix. I don't think I'm missing anyone there. Um but and while that's obviously kind of a shorthand thing, because I think it's fair to like include in Brit rest people like Travis banks and Carl Fletcher because it's you know oh star <laughs> lives in London,
0: so I suppose yeah, you could exactly. get him in there as well
1: like it you know without without going political or anything like it's uh we're not like going All right brits only like everyone else get out no <laughs> complete wrestling brexit. It's more like it's it's a shorthand for saying how many people feel like they're representing the scene, and it's not many in this tournament. And in the past, it always had been, and that's kind of the the fifty fit. That's kind of the disconnect there.
0: As a counterpoint, like a lot of the guys that they could have used or would have used in the past are just not available at all. Mm-hmm. Um so like
1: and the replacements aren't there yet.
0: Yeah, Sabre and Osprey are, are working for New Japan uh that weekend. Um Haskins is on the cards, isn't he? But he's not mm-hmm. not doing anything apart from that. Havoc's leaving anyway. Uh the trouble with people getting contracts elsewhere is it kind of limits what, what Progress can do with them because they're so connected to WWE. So
1: I mean, yeah. you could perhaps point towards this shows perhaps that they haven't done the best job of building up that next generation. They've, they've relied too much on the the NXT guys, the NXT UK guys, that sort of thing. That's uh, you, kind
0: of... You could also argue that WWE came in and took too many guys when yeah, they were, they were exactly. starting up, which is, was my argument at the time. Did they really need mm-hmm. so many people tied in exclusively? I, I know the likes of Devlin and, and Trav are on this show, but like, they're still wrestling under the WWE banner here, so yeah. Oh, I think there that- are guys out there. That, there are guys out there in British wrestling. If you look hard enough, that are close enough to being ready to to take a shot at them. Um, and I'm a little disappointed that there are none of them in here. Like I, Ridgeway is about as close as you've got to like a like a Brit rest newcomer. And yeah. he's pretty firmly established in, in progress.
1: Yeah, they, they. I think they've done a, a pretty good job of him and getting him up there. Like, you know, <laughs> I would always say like it took them long enough to finally get their hooks into him. He was he was hanging around and pretty much ready to be put in that spot for quite a while. But, you know, they finally got him. And to be fair to them, they've done pretty, a pretty good job. But it, he's kind of the exception rather than the rule, really. And that's it. it I think it shows quite a lot here.
0: Yeah, I feel like there were guys that they could have used that they haven't, so...
1: And it, that kind of leads quite nicely into the, the Star promo that's gone up recently on... I mean, I saw it on his Twitter. I don't know if it's a, a YouTube or whatever, but you can you can find it pretty easily. I think the Progress Accounts retweeted it. Star's obviously put it out. Um, and it's basically... He's saying in character a lot of the same things we're saying. Mm. And he's he's talking about how, you know, so many people are tied into NXT UK and that this is meant to be like the big British independent wrestling tournament and it doesn't feel like that. And it's an amazing promo. I I implore you to go out and see it if you haven't, because I think it's it's a masterful job of working real life situations into kayfabe without with it still feeling without it being like yeah we're shooting brother yes it's it's, he's so good it works in kayfabe but it it makes you care because of things outside of kayfabe and it's it's a fine line to walk but i think he absolutely nails it
0: he's been getting a lot edgier with his promo work of late and it's been quite deliberately prodding at the system and saying i'm gonna have a go at you what are you gonna do about it and sometimes he's had backlash from that and it's perhaps not worked out the way he wanted it to. I know he was upset that um, WXW edited the promo off their New York show. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like if you do uh, get the correct response, like a promotion saying, "Oh, that's that's great. Let's let's run with it," then it, you're onto a good thing. And his promos are so good that I don't think you can really go wrong. And I'm hoping that the Progress guys are savvy enough to understand what they've got there.
1: Right. And, you know, you can almost... You can understand why the backlash is there because it's it's prodding at something that is very real and very raw and something that, you know, they they probably have to deal with in their own heads a lot. Like, as, as much as they, on the outside, they, they're, like, 100%... We know we didn't sell out. We think what well, everything's brilliant on um, for both WXW and Progress. I uh, I would be fairly confident that at least some of the time they have these little doubts of like, was it the right thing to get in bed with this with WWE? Like you know, I bet mid Saudi shows that they were thinking, uh, was this was this perhaps the right thing? like little things like that i'm not saying that they're they're completely regretting their decision or anything like that but i'm i'm sure they're not like like anything i think most people have doubts with most decisions people make and that that kind of can always cause a little bit of uncomfortableness when you're getting criticized for something and then someone you're employing and paying and putting on your shows and showcasing is then saying these same things that, you know, you probably don't necessarily want being screamed out. You can kind of understand the backlash, but it creates, it creates such energy and watching that promo made me more excited for super strong style than anything else easily.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I I was feeling it. Um, He's saying the kind of things that I want people to be saying, because you can't walk into this situation, you can't walk into progress and think, oh, everything's hunky-fucking-dory, let's hope the WWE guys win. Because there's always going to be a portion of the audience that sat there going, I want somebody to, to stir some shit up here. Because you can't have like a, an angle with WWE where WWE is so relevant to everything that the company's doing and not have somebody be opposed to it. It's an absolutely ridiculous situation. And I've seen Brooks do something similar uh, in Fight Club Pro, where he was dealing with people who had uh, WWE contracts and basically kicked them out of the company. Uh, whereas, like, here, Star has taken the initiative. He's gone first. I hope Brooks follows suit. Honestly, do. Uh, the, the concern is that if they do some sort of WWE versus indies kind of thing in the company, the, you yeah, know, who's going to be the heels? And yeah. I think you know the answer to that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's that um RevPro Fight Club Pro dynamic where like the same promos in Fight Club Pro are heel promos and in RevPro they're face promos and you know in progress they're gonna be they're gonna be heel promos as well. Like then them going you sold out is a bad thing to say in the promotion that is, you know, for lack of a better term, selling out um
0: I think you will find Probably like around 70% of the progress audience are just WWE fans. I they're progress fans as well, but like yeah. they are WWE fans. Sorry?
1: At this point, yeah. Obviously it didn't used to be like that, but it's kind of yeah. you have seen that transition. I, yeah, I crowd. feel like
0: it's so like I am very much in favour of uh, defending indie wrestling. Um Obviously, the boys that used to run around with Defend Indie Wrestling shirts on was <laughs> signed for WWE, which is kind of ironic. Yep. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very much in, in favor of defending it against uh, the big bad corporations. And uh, am I completely comfortable with, with like going to progress and like supporting progress? No, not really. I'd rather go somewhere else. But at the same time, I do love a weekender. And if I'm going to WXW, I might as well go to progress. <laughs> if you're
1: gonna, you're gonna sell out in one direction, you may as well.
0: Uh, I I don't know, I just support wrestling.
1: I support the yeah, wrestlers, yeah. not not the WWE. Yeah. Um It is here's a, a weird dynamic though of like the I think Strong Star Weekend will probably have be the one weekend of the year where like that star promo might get more of a face reaction than a, yeah. a heel one, whereas I think on their their regular show-to-show ones, it would lean more towards the heel uh, heel dynamic. And I, I think it is an interesting dynamic to create, definitely, where you might get like a split in the crowd, ca- cause a bit of um, half, half the crowd being fully in support, oh, half right, the crowd
0: not. It's like fucking Brexit all over again. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: British wrestling exit. Um but it, it's 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 an interesting one and I think it's something that's that's gonna be a storyline throughout this tournament, whether partially it's gonna be from a direct storyline of like Star seems to be fully leaning into it, but also other matches where like, you know, you've got um looks like we might get Carl Fletcher versus Jordan Devlin, like can Jordan Devlin lose that one? Who knows? Like um depending on who wins the tournament, is it then, well, they're an indie guy. Can they beat Volta? That, that, I, I that's get the feeling it,
0: I mean. an independent guy probably can. Um, it'll be somebody who is contractually uh, obliged to another company would not be able to. I feel that's where the line is drawn. But there's not an awful lot of guys involved in this tournament that are contractually like connected somewhere that's, else. Yeah. And I think that's very deliberate. Um, It'll be interesting to see how far Star gets. I think he's the he's the wild card here. Like if Star wins this tournament, um
1: That's very interesting.
0: That would be there, <laughs> that is very interesting.
1: It creates a particularly interesting I don't think he will. I'd just like no. to say that I don't think he will. But um I am rooting for him. <laughs> yeah, because then you're you're leaning into Volta versus um you rooting for Star. Wow. Um yeah. Yeah, then that leads into yet another Volta versus Star match in a different company with like the same kind of dynamic. It's like, is there a crossover there? Does that mean is there a potential for Star to beat Volta, but not in WXW? That's a that's a weird dynamic there. It is very yeah, interesting. I think mean, even
0: if he wins the tournament, I I don't think he's beating Volta in mm. progress. I that's very much a WXW
1: storyline, yeah. and I don't think they'd step on their toes. No, I don't think um, they would, but there's the the storyline that they're kind of running in WXW at the moment gives like that tiny bit of doubt where it's like or stars out of WXW for now in theory in storyline you could see a world where it was like the way he gets back in is kind of being like. I told you I could beat him. I went and beat him elsewhere. I showed you all. I don't think that's what's going to happen, but it's like it's it's a tiny possibility. It's it's a a non-zero chance. Yeah, it is kind of weird that
0: like we're focused so much on Star because there's there's like 16 guys in the tournament, but he's the really is the most interesting person in it based on like the promo work that he's done to set it up. Which is fair play to him. Like you've got to go out and get yourself over
1: sometimes. Before that promo, before I saw that promo, like, I... It it sounds, like, almost needlessly um, shitting on progress, and I don't mean it that way, but, I like, I didn't have a strong emotional attachment to anyone winning or losing this tournament. Like, I didn't really... Like, I didn't really care who won the tournament. It was... I just... I hoped it produced some good matches, but I didn't really care. That star promo got me to care, at least in that little branch of the tournament, and... That's, you know, that's that's what you want from promos. Like, it's, a lot of the time people talk about, like, you know, how how elo- eloquent someone can deliver a promo, how, you know, well executed it is, how well you, like, portray your character. But at the end of the day, that's what you want is for a promo to make you care about a match. And Star has become an absolute master of that in hmm. recent times.
0: You know, what you want is to care about uh, the outcome. Yeah. Um, like I don't want to be sitting down to watch. Well, I won't be sitting down, I'm just standing up because I don't like sitting down, but uh, like I'll be standing watching Star and Artemis Spencer. And before that promo, I'd have been like, well, you know, I kind of hope Star wins, but I'm not really that bothered. Um, now I'm very much rooting for Star to win because I want to see what happens when he starts running to the NXT guys. Which, like, the round after you think's probably Travis Banks. I love yeah. DJ I love DJ Z. Um, so well, like, either
1: way, it's it's either an NXT UK guy or an yeah, NXT US yeah, somebody guy. Is so.
0: States, so yeah, I suppose it could work either way. I, Travis is kind of a bigger bigger gun. Yeah, I guess. You'd, you'd think. Yeah, um, and then logically, like if he gets past him, then I would have thought Dragonoff. Yeah, probably. And then if he gets by him, the final is likely to be somebody else that's got a contract. Whether that's Kyle O'Reilly. Or Devlin. Jordan Devlin. Oh, that is basically the way I'm looking at how the tournament kind of is unfolding in my head is the semi-finals. So yeah, it would be it would make sense for him to to go through like several WWE contracted uh, personnel to get to the final. And then it'd be interesting. However, I kind of think there's a lot of money in like him cutting a promo angry about losing as well so i
1: kind of have him penciled in going out in the semis yeah i think dragon beats him as well yeah. yeah i i have a feeling we're going to get dragon winning the tournament and then doing uh volta dragon because yeah. that's kind of
0: well you know it's going to be good uh yeah. i know it's kind of a, a rerun of what wxw did but at the same time it's gonna be
1: good, so you know who who cares. Yeah, um, prog- progress kind of like to do that, and like that—that that sounds like we're needlessly like <laughs> shitting on them. But it's like they there's nothing necessarily wrong with going with a proven thing.
0: It is kind of a WWE kind of approach because they see these great matches on the Indies, and then they just they just run them as well <laughs> later, and they're they're good. So you know everyone's a winner. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see who does make the final, but like, I, I've kind of mentally got Dragunov over Devlin as my final, and I kind of changed that a couple of times because I also considered Kyle being a bigger final for, for Dragunov, but then at the same time, I think it's a bigger deal if Devlin beats him and the final is two guys from Europe.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's I think... the way I'm thinking. I'm pretty much in agreement. I think Ridgeway definitely has a shot of beating O'Reilly because they have, you know, they have built him up quite well in progress, yeah. but I do think O'Reilly will probably win that one, but I don't think it's a hundred percent either way. And I think whoever wins that match is due a run. Like they're getting at least the semis. I think they would be either Allen or Robinson, whoever wins that match. Um, on the, the bottom, like, bottom right quarter of the bracket as we're looking at it so lucky the, kid the versus devlin. jordan devlin and fletcher versus dagger i think that's the hardest to predict because they do like fletcher a lot and i wouldn't be completely shocked for him to have like kind of a, a dark horse run through this tournament um but i think devlin probably is the favorite there definitely yeah i, I think my dark horse for this tournament probably would be fletcher if it's not you know i think the three favorites for most people are dragon of star or devlin i think fletcher would kind of be the one i put up there that perhaps unexpectedly could could make a run do you have anyone you you kind of would fancy as a dark horse
0: um I, like i said i really like djz but at the same time i can't see like him getting past star which would en- entitle him to actually have a run um the uh, the other guy that you never rule out is Lucky Kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, 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 we did that. <laughs> never once. rule out Lucky
1: Kid. <laughs> I, I I managed to call it several months prior, and then like completely ignore Bottle. my own calls <laughs> previously, and be like, "Nah, he's definitely losing first round." Yeah,
0: I could see Lucky and, and Brooks both going out early so they can do stuff.
1: Yeah, that seems fairly. That, likely. that makes
0: sense to me. Um, the the only match in the first round that I'm looking at and thinking I really don't know who's winning uh, is Darby Allen and Paul Robinson.
1: Yeah, yeah, I could very much go either way. Especially as they're kind of they're very similar stylistically, so it's not like you can kind of look to who they who would they would then face and yeah. what match they might want to book because it's kind of fairly similar either way. It should be a lot of fun though. Yeah, of,
0: of the first round matches, I would say that. Is the one that I'm most looking forward to. I I think Devlin and Lucky Kid are gonna have a very good match, but I'm not particularly excited about it. Whereas like Alan and Robinson, I think is gonna be a a, a real barn burner. Because they're both lunatics.
1: <laughs> so Yeah, very much so. And um, I I love
0: the lunatics, Rob. I love <laughs> them.
1: <laughs> you do, you do. Um I would probably lean towards O'Reilly Ridgway because that's very much my shit. And, you know, it's very on brand for me to <laughs> to high put Ridgway. But um, I like him. What can I say, man? And I really like Kyle O'Reilly too. And they should mesh very well. Um, oh, Kyle O'Reilly's great. Kyle O'Reilly's the guy tremendous.
0: that WWE think Adam Cole is.
1: 100%. Like, I think Carlo O'Reilly has managed to slip into like one of the most underrated wrestlers in the world role because everyone thinks he's very good, but like I don't think enough people give him credit for being just how great he is. Mm.
0: Yeah, I'd be quite happy if I, he had like a run here to to the final. That would be fine by me. I think he'd be great against anybody. So um, he's a really good get for for progress, and this is one of the benefits of them having that WWE relationship. Uh, it depends what what you're. Takers on that i know a lot of people just really hate wwe and you're not going to convince them otherwise uh no hey man i just like wrestling so.
1: so we talked a bit about um the job they've done of like elevating the next generation and how you know the tournament perhaps looks a bit bare of them yeah definitely but they, they've booked a match, and they're kind of booking a stable that's kind of been a focus of a lot of their, their shows this year uh, in Do Not Resuscitate. Um, oh. Yeah. I, I, the the groan the groan is warranted, so it's it, it's William Eva, it's Spike Trevay, um, who am I missing? Drew Parker and Chuck Mambo. And they're kind of going on the whole... It's not quite the it's not the WWE UK guys versus non-WWE UK guys. It's kind of old progress veterans versus young guys who never managed to break through despite, you know, ignoring the fact that either won the the title. Hmm. But let's all just ignore that because yes, it was a mistake. Um, It's, they've been the focus of a lot. And on one perspective, you've got to kind of, if you're giving them the criticism for you're not elevating enough of the younger guys to take up the spots of the guys who were leaving, in some respect, you have to give them credit because they're clearly trying with this do not resuscitate stable. They've been the focus of a lot of shows. Um, they're gonna, they've are going they been in a big match on this weekend against Havoc, Haskins, Liguero, and Andrews. Um, they've been in some big feuds. They've been focused. But it hasn't been very good. They just, Rob, they picked the wrong guys. Yeah, that's the problem. They they're trying with a group of young guys, but like it sounds really harsh. But they don't have like none of them are good enough to be. I I would have been quite happy with uh, Spike Trevejo a mouthpiece.
0: Like that's fine. Uh, Drew Parker I think is okay in there, but I would have had like two other guys. Not uh, Eva. Well, I don't even know what, what the fuck Eva is supposed to be. Um, like, the way he changed his, his gimmick to, like, was, is he calling himself The Present? Is that his, his thing, so, his yeah. Oh, it's fucking dreadful. Like, that whole gimmick change has been an absolute disaster from day one. It's not a heel. It's a comedy baby face. At best, that gimmick. A comedy baby face. There's no way should he be in a heel stable because he's a joke. Uh, Mambo, I love Chuck. Uh, he's a a guy that tries really, really hard. Uh, I respect his effort. He's a great baby face. He is not a good heel. So you've got a group of, of four guys. Uh, two of them are not in the right place. And the result is just... Uh, Treve's primos are trying to prop the whole thing up. Drew Parker's leaving uh, anyway. Uh, so I have no idea where they're going with this. But just abandoning it completely would probably be for the best
1: where's drew parker going big japan oh is that like long term or
0: yeah yeah he's moving to japan
1: i did not know that that's that's interesting that's uh perhaps is even more of a indictment of this in that you know this is kind of their their big group that they're of youngsters that they're meant to be elevating and the one kind of at the forefront of it isn't going to be around that's that's a problem um it feels like a lot of guys who should be like the third or fourth guy in a group, and there's yeah, no yeah. there's no number one and two. There's,
0: there's a lot of number fours, I would say. Um, I think they could have benefited hugely for you know Jack Sexsmith has turned heel uh, in most of his promotions. Has mm-hmm. been cutting some some tremendous promos. Um, this felt like a good fit for him. Um,
1: didn't they pitch it?
0: I believe he did. I believe it was his idea and they kind of took it and gave it to to somebody else. Uh, Yeah, he'd have been a good fit. Uh, TK Cooper would have been a good fit. uh, If they were going that way. I just don't think they picked the right guys.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird one because on one respect, you want to give them like credit for trying, but like, this ain't it this ain't but it when guys they, when
0: they put that group together they had to know that wasn't gonna well i guess they didn't but like you just look at them they took a photo together like after that first show that they were involved and you just look at the photo and you can see it's wrong it just it's just four guys that do not belong together i mean the, the they don't kind of feel the, like the a gimmick, stable
1: the gimmick they're going for is that they're kind of like a ragtag group who don't fit together but they've banded together because they're the younger guys who aren't getting a shot. And that's the kind of the idea in theory is they don't fit together but they're still uniting. But it just it I don't know, man. It hasn't worked. Like it it's it's not good. It's just not good. <laughs> that's that's the fundamental problem. As much credit as you can give them for trying, like it's at at some point with a group like this. You want at least one guy who you think this guy can be a future main eventer for him, and this is a vehicle for us to elevate him into that spot. None of those four are are it, and maybe Progress think one of them is, but they just they're just not. They just they're just not. And this this whole episode so far has been very negative, which you know it is what it is. When we're talking about Progress, we're probably going to get. Um, I'm sure I'm going to have a
0: really good time. So I'm going to the tournament. I'll be at all three nights. I'm doing Kaiju. Uh, I'll be at the Rescal on Friday for Wrestling League. So, like, I'm going to be doing a, a big old weekend of wrestling and I'll fucking love it. But, um, yeah, we we got to call the shots, you know.
1: Yeah. And, like, as, as we said, like, the tournament itself, like, from a match-to-match-wise will probably be really good because, like, out of the 16 guys... I can't say I've seen any Artemis Spencer, but the other fifteen of them, I really like pretty much all of them. Like I'm I'm a bit I'm a bit in the middle on Daga, but other than that, that's there's a lot of great wrestlers here. Yeah, there's gonna be I, a lot of great matches.
0: I don't like Trevor Lee, but um like I can take him or leave him. So but it's it's a strong lineup of, of very talented individuals, but it's a combination of like politics and a lack of build that is gonna cause the issues. If they kind of run it like uh, PWG, then they're probably quids in a bit, but they still need one of one of their regular guys to be the guy, I think, which rules out a lot of the field.
1: Yeah, because they don't have many regular guys in it. Um, I do want to give a shout out to the video package for the Do Not Resuscitate um, Havoc, Haskins, Liguero Andrews thing um because whoever made that video package has done a tremendous job because i thought it was a great video package and we're seeing more and more of this in, in in european wrestling at the moment and i think it's it's something i'm absolutely delighted to see become like a forefront of of things because as much as i'm not into the do not resuscitate group and angle that that video did make me kind of interested in the match, and that's, that, that's all you can hope for from a, a pre-match hype video. So they did a very good job with that.
0: Yeah, I still don't care about that match. <laughs> it's an absolute piss break.
1: And they didn't 100% say, because they previously advertised like Havoc's going to be having a, a farewell match, and then yeah, they announced that's... that. Is that it?
0: No, the Havoc's farewell match is on the Monday...
1: Oh, Okay, um, so he's doing the. That's the, the f- on night two, I think. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. On the Sunday. Okay, so uh, it will still have kind of that that mystery match as well. Do you have any ideas of who that could be? Because I've I've talked to a few people on on that and like the Voice of Wrestling Slack, and they've asked me who do you think it's going to be. And I was like, I don't really know because like the natural person you'd kind of traditionally do the farewell match is the person who you would most associate him with in the promotion, and that would be. That would be either Osprey and Robinson, and neither of them feel particularly likely, especially Osprey, obviously. Yeah, because he's Robinson, in Japan. it could be, but it kind of well, I say doesn't feel that, quite right.
0: I say that about uh, Osprey being in Japan, but he's he's on Dontaku, which is I wanna say Saturday Is it Saturday Sunday? So would he be able to make it back in time? I don't know. He
1: he could, but it almost fit, like they've they've it feels like they've done the final Osprey Havoc match like several times already.
0: Yeah, they, that's true. They have done that.
1: Um, so it could be Robinson, I guess, but that, that doesn't necessarily feel huge. Like if if Drew Parker hadn't been going to to Big Japan, have you have just made me aware? <sighs> um, like you could kind of see the idea of. Our our current deathmatch match guy is going. We're gonna like use his farewell to put over our next deathmatch guy. But apparently that that doesn't make sense anymore. I oh, really um, don't know who it could be. Zach maybe.
0: I'm just looking on the cards for for New Japan. I didn't realize Zach isn't actually on those cards. So that's yeah. I think maybe Saber.
1: Yeah, because he's kind of got that association with with Havoc. Obviously, they do they train together. I think they did. think I'm right saying that yeah they kind of come through together so um... and then also in Havoc's very very initial progress storyline where he's kind of right before the heel turn he wrestled Zack Sabre as kind of the the impetus where it was like I can prove I'm a real wrestler McGuinness refereed it Sabre beat him in like a straight up wrestling match but the whole point was Havoc did him close um and mcginnis was like wow i'm really impressed jimmy you've proved that you can do it without oh. that garbage bullshit and then they put him in a a um like um, a hardcore match like the next show against one of the london riots and that was kind of the the impetus for the heel turn where it was like i proved i could do it and then you just throw me in a hardcore match anyway and that's what led to him feuding with Smallman and progress in general so they could kind of reference back to that as you know going back to the the match that proved he could he could hang at like a top level. Potentially, um that that could be an option.
0: It, it would make sense. It would tell, take that storyline like full circle back to where he started in progress. Because that's like predates the, the Osprey
1: stuff, so it would make sense. I think I think one of our, our listener questions was around that, so we've kind of answered that there. Uh, what else is happening in Super Strong Star Weekend? Oh, um, women's title match. Have they determined who the fourth woman is going to be for that the yet? The
0: Ginny uh, Session Moth match is on
1: night one, I think. Oh, okay. So, so it's going to be Nina Samuels versus Millie McKenzie versus Jordan Grace versus either Ginny or Session Moth.
0: I just I just sat here thinking is Nina Samuels the champion because she's listed first, but she is Jordan Grace, isn't it? I yes. completely zoned Slight out.
1: Question mark in my voice, but
0: yeah. pretty sure it's always been Tony Storm's division, so it's it's kind of weird to see a big match with her not in it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think they've done a fairly good job with Grace, um, but it, it it doesn't feel that important, which is kind of sad to say because trad. Like, almost since the first Strong Style, like, the women's match has always been, like, a big deal on, on the card. Right back to that, uh what was it, Pollyanna versus Ginny in a hardcore match or a street fight or whatever. On the, the first Strong Style, that was, like, one of the big takeaways of the weekend was how amazing that match was. And this match could be good, but it doesn't feel like it's going to be that important. Well, they, and or... they crowned
0: a women's champion. That was the, the was it Night 2, 2017?
1: Yeah, they, they often get the, the night two main event. And I guess this could, but it doesn't feel very likely. And it's, it's kind of sad to see that take a half step back again.
0: It's, well, it's another WWE kind of thing where it's kind of hard yeah. to book a, a women's division when they've signed all the women. Yeah, because um,
1: there wasn't the depth to begin with.
0: Yeah, yeah. And like two potentially uh, of the participants in this would be contracted, so yeah
1: yep a lot of the same themes we're going round and round on here um i've got mort's question listed in the the run sheet i've forgotten what that was yeah
0: uh yeah that's supposed to be under the the question surely
1: no but it was like li- linked to strong style 16 so um
0: uh yeah okay i've got it so um so, Mort asked us on uh, Twitter if progress is intentionally heading into a WWE versus indie story. Would it not be a trap uh, leading to <laughs> the obvious WWE strongly defeating the indie's conclusion?
1: It's a trap. If, um, yeah, if, it's like mm,
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> like it. That is, we've kind of already covered that, but it is kind of it. It will create a weird dynamic where like. The indies can't really win that, can they?
0: No, they can't. <laughs> um, it would be cool if they sort of did. Um, but at the same time, I think if... a Is an indie wrestler going to win that title as a babyface? And that's the big problem, because they should. But would they? Or would they be a heel? Because if they're a heel, then I just don't care. Because what's the point? You can't be a heel going up against... The biggest company in the world. You got to be a babyface. It's the biggest company in the world.
1: Yeah, it's it's an interesting dynamic, but I you are slightly worried that they're gonna color like the NXT UK guys as the the good guys. Uh, yeah, maybe.
0: that is the concern. If they had them as like a rabble of uh, entitled corporate douchebags, and they were the heels, and the faces were the indie guys. That would be fine. I'm not doing that. <laughs> like, that's that's never no. That's never gonna happen. It, but that's how I would want to do it, which is why I don't have a wrestling company that is affiliated with WWE. Yeah. It,
1: it, at, at the very least, if they can like create shades of grey, where you know, like like in literal real life, in the responses we're hearing from a lot of the NXTU guys on on Twitter, like you can present a feud. And it would be very hard to do with with such nuance and such having to tread lines and walk political affiliations. But you could, in theory, create a world where both wrestlers are presenting what they genuinely feel is right. And both are like faces in their own mind and the crowd kind of picks their side and they're 50-50. Like the NXT UK guys are going, we're just doing what's best for us. We've earned this. We earned the right to get... Uh, these contracts that we've 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 worked hard to earn and the the other side's going the we're proud of what we built by ourselves. We don't need to sell out to this huge blood money corporation who works with the Saudis and supports Donald Trump, etc. 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 Um I mean even the way I've I've painted that, you know, there's there's a very clear face there. But you know, you could create a kind of a shades of grey type deal where you could maybe put a tiny bit of bitterness on the the, the indie side to kind of make it almost balanced, but it, it it's a line that would be very hard to walk for a company that you know they've literally picked a side already. So yeah. it it would be weird for them to give a platform to people it would saying that they picked the wrong side.
0: Exceptionally hard, exceptionally hard uh, for them to run that angle. Um, the fact that they're teasing it uh, is interesting to me, because um, clearly the, the star promo is approved. Um, it's interesting to me that he's that if he and Travis Banks both win their first round matches, it would be Star as a babyface indie guy against Trav as a heel uh, WWE contracted wrestler. That's interesting. Um, where they go from there is something else, I guess.
1: And before we completely wrap up, um, progress, strong style, 16, uh, super strong style, 16, e- easy for me to say, um, bit more on the weekender. Cause since you're going to be there live and experiencing it all, uh, you've got Kaiju, you mentioned, mentioned the wrestling league show. What, what, what are you most looking forward to other than the, the tournament itself?
0: Um, I messaged uh, Jim Smallman this week and told him if Burger Bear wasn't on the Kaiju uh, Big Battle show, he could expect a riot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a good answer. That, that is again.
0: legitimately true. I will screenshot it and send it to you if you require proof.
1: <laughs> I I believe you. I believe you. Hey guys, slight insert. Uh, it was at this point in the edit that I realised we completely forgot to talk about Volta versus Trent Seven for the progress championship where they're unifying the atlas championship with the world championship um quite a big thing to forget I'm not quite sure how we overlooked it completely but i think it's going to be a really good match i'm sure not on would agree trent is a guy who when he's working at full level and maybe he's not a guy who you get that 100 percent super regularly out of but when it does happen He's up there with anyone, he's a fantastic wrestler, so I'm expecting this to be an excellent, excellent match. I do think Volta probably retains and gets rid of the Atlas Championship, and overall I think that's probably for the best. Big lads wrestling, well for a start, there's not many left in progress, and it's never quite been as good in practice as it was in theory, this whole division, so I don't really have a problem with it going away, in fact I'm kind of in support of it. Right. Back to the show. Let, let's move on. We 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 mentioned the um, how wrestling in April didn't seem to really happen in Europe. It was a very oh, yeah. weird down month for us. The one match that that did get any hype uh, was the Progress TLC match between Aussie Open and
0: actually took place in March. <laughs>
1: but oh it, well, like, there we go then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: dropped on VOD, I guess in uh, in April.
1: Oh, okay. So yeah, that 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 even um. Even further emphasizes our, our point, but it's kind of the only progress match that's really got any hype this year. Um, I took a while to get around to it. I think you only watched it today, right?
0: Yeah, I watched it an hour. Well, yes, two hours ago now because we've been recording for
1: for an hour. And um, you know, it it was a match where I watched and like I understood the hype, and there was a lot to enjoy about it. But it wasn't a match where I'm. I can't say I loved it. I didn't think it was any sort of great match. I thought it was a very good match, full with a lot of great spots, but really lacking in flow and kind of... I don't know. It felt like a collection of amazing spots where and very innovative spots. There were a lot of cool stuff that I've never seen before uh, Mm -hmm. with ladder matches. And if you kind of... It it would have been a tremendous match to absorb via gifts. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, I generally don't like TLC matches. At the best of times, I feel like they do uh, too much setting up of spots in them. Yeah, uh, it's that the there needs to be a lot of moving parts in a TLC match to get me really into it to make me forget about stuff that's already happened. Uh, so ideally, you want at least three teams in there just to yeah. distract from what is happening. That you need spots to to distract from other spots being set up.
1: Yeah, that's perfect. I was literally about to say that. I was like, I always think the the money in the bank, the reason that works generally as a match and is generally pretty good is because while one guy is having his big spot, the next spot's being set up. Whereas if you have a straight up 2v2 two two match or a 1v1 a one one ladder match, which are the absolute worst, typically. Oh, 1v1. One one. what? is the point? It, 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 because it one guy has just taken a a big devastating move but the other guy should logically just go up the ladder and win but you can't have that because then the match would just be over straight away so he needs to very slowly crawl up and then the other guy half like ignore that he's just taken this massive ladder bump get back up pull him down off the ladder and then it ends up just being an endless cycle of people climbing a few rungs up and getting pulled back down like god i I
0: fucking hate it i hate hate it." it 2v2s
1: are a bit better.
0: We should have talked about that in, uh, in a live podcast. Sorry. We could have got some serious mileage out of that. I fucking hate one-on-one's uh TLCs. It's just terrible.
1: Is it is it Triple H versus the Rock, the one that always gets hyped oh, God, and is so bad? It's awful. It's
0: so, awful. It it's sucks.
1: so boring. Uh um. But anyway, this match was slightly better <sighs> than that. Uh, because the spots that they actually did were awesome, and there was there was like, there was a lot of setting up time. But yeah. There was there was enough action that you could kind of forgive it, in that it was it was enjoyable to watch. But I don't, I can't really see it as a great match. But a lot of people did, and like it actually ended up Grapple's highest rated match of March. which I was kind of surprised to see. But um, yeah, was... I wouldn't,
0: I wouldn't go that far no, at all. I I'd, I'd um, probably
1: end up like three and three quarters ish. That is
0: exactly what I gave it. Accurate star raters for both yeah, of us. Yeah, accurate star raters, us and John LaRocca. Um, there was some really good stuff in this match. I, I think the best thing they did was the when they uh, Robo was going to do the curb stomp on Carl Fletcher and Mark Davis threw himself across Kyle and just refused to let him do it, and Osprey had to strangle him to get him off. That's storytelling in that violent environment and it worked for me. Uh, but a lot of the match was just set-up spot, big spot, set-up spot, maybe not quite hit a 450 off the stage.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or hit it and then the table just not breaks, so he kind of almost looked like he might have knocked himself out on that one.
0: Yeah, I think he might have done. Oh, the chair throw spot was great, though. That was um, very good. Yeah, so you had uh, Osprey has got Robinson up on his shoulders, and Robbo's like, oh, just, just lift me up. I can, I can actually get the pelts down from here. So he stands on his shoulders, and I'm just thinking: Is he actually gonna, just going to jump and then miss? What the hell's going to happen here? And then Mark Davis throws a chair and knocks him off.
1: It's great. It's a great spot. I lo- I, lo- I love a good chair show, chair throw, just in general. Like you don't see, you don't see enough of like weapons being used, like in a way that makes sense a lot of the time in wrestling and like just lobbing a chair when you need to stop someone or when someone's running at you is just always brilliant. I will never not pop for it. Um, I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a slightly obscure reference probably one that you probably won't get because why would you watch ring of honor in like the 2010s? But there was uh, homicide and Eddie Kingston had a brief run as a tag team and they were awful in ring of honor. But they had this one match with the briscos that was a hardcore match and it was literally just entirely the two teams lobbing chairs at each other for like 10 minutes and it was brilliant it was brilliant <laughs> that's like uh, but i think that's like 2013 no no probably 2014 2015 ring of honor and it's
0: uh i definitely wasn't <laughs> watching
1: it's uh, it's an interesting one. It's a is a, a very fun match, even if like you know technically you can't say it's a good match. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of that match covered, and that w- weirdly that's the one talk of progress we've done this year, and now it feels like we're caught up. Um, oh which... yeah, we're there
0: now. We're there.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of one on one ladder matches, Rev Pro, uh, Epic Encounter, May tenth, their Big York Hall show. Um, semi-main event slash main event David Starr versus El Phantasmo in a one-on-one ladder match for the Cruiserweight title. Yeah.
0: Um, I keep asking people if they're going to this and the response has always been, well, we'll see what else they book. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Because nobody wants to
1: see that ladder match. Can I say? Ozzy Open versus Suzuki Gun for the the tag titles is also on this card. I was so hyped for their first match together and their first match together ruled. Ozzy Open recently they've been they've been a little more shaky than we got used to them being. Like they've they've had a couple of stinkers recently and haven't quite quite landed how obviously they we would have hoped them to. So that's kind of taken a little bit of the shine off that match, but it'll probably still be very good. And I think the only other match announced so far is A-Kid versus Matt Owl, which is another match where it's like, that should be very good. But then again, I haven't seen Matt Owl wrestling quite a while. So hmm. th- it's another match with kind of a, a question mark around he's, it.
0: He's been kind of in Impact, so nobody's seen him wrestle because nobody watches Impact. But uh <laughs> Yeah, I I hope it's a really good match. Uh, I'm a big A Kid fan. Uh, if Seidel can do for A Kid what he did for Osprey, then it's it's great news. Yeah,
1: great news. It's for whether A-Kid. he can still do that.
0: Yeah, of course. Uh, I'm not actually going to this show.
1: I'm I'm still considering it, but it's becoming a bit of a problem for Pro shows like repeatedly now. It's not just a one-off thing. This show takes place May tenth, which is what. 10 days away from when we're recording it. We've just got those three matches and we've only just got a versus Sidal. Like, what's yeah. going on? Announce a car. This is a big show.
0: Well, what? Kamikaze Pro running the same night and that's... I, I could probably walk to it. It's about 10 miles from my house. Uh, so I'm just going to get at that. It's going to be the week after Strong Style. I'm going to be tired. I'm not going to want to make a trip down to London i'm I'm just gonna go to the local,
1: yeah, so. makes sense, but like just just as more of a general thing it's it it's a problem you don't wanna be getting into where you repeatedly just don't announce cards because like why should you go I mean to be fair, they've probably announced the three biggest matches, but it's like there's so many people you've talked to, like myself included who are on the fence, they're like, well, if they announce like one or two more very good matches, I'll probably go, but. It's not enough, and you're leaving it too late. It's it's annoying. It's annoying. Get an card, RevPro. Be better. Yeah,
0: because if they announced like uh, something I really wanted to see, I'd have probably made the effort and, and gone down. But yeah, like I said, but it is kind of a a matter of taste because like a singles ladder match to me is just not something I want to watch, and I wasn't that hot on the first Suzuki Gun. Uh, Aussie Open match and I wasn't that into the storyline either so for, for me I'd be going to watch A-Kid against Matt Seidel who like you say I, I haven't I done have seen in wrestle since he left New Japan which was what two years ago
1: when he got stuck in Hawaii was it
0: <laughs> yes yes in Hawaii <laughs> I'm doing air quotes in Hawaii ha- hi- not hi-way. smoking hi- drugs <laughs> Definitely yeah. wasn't smoking drugs.
1: No, no.
0: Um, 100% is, not. Is, Definitely not. Was in Hawaii.
1: Is allowed to go back to Japan entirely, whenever he wants to. He yeah. just doesn't want it. He just chooses not to. That's yeah, why he's... Um, completely, 100%. Training for WWN now, I think. I think that's his main main duty, without working for WWN, which is a bit weird. Um, yeah. I think that's about us done but we put the call out for listener questions and we got quite a few so yeah i, I did that because i was like i was looking at the the
0: list of contents that we had and i was like oh we're not going to talk about progress for an hour but we have so yeah maybe that's that's my bad
1: no yeah, there was there was quite a lot to talk about we uh you know we're probably going to get shit on a bit for being too negative but you know honest feelings what can you do um Angry Day is gonna be mad mad as hell he's always angry though it's, <laughs> it's his name um so we, we put these the, the call out for questions both uh, on Twitter so at Arnold Furious and at Brit Round. we will periodically do this before an episode we don't really have like a strict regular recording schedule but honestly if you ever have a question you want us to answer you can pretty much ask us anytime and if we remember <laughs> we'll answer it in the podcast
0: yeah i i try if we're gonna do a mailbag i will try and do like a, a what do you want us to answer thing because yeah we, we're gonna forget <laughs> it's the short of it
1: yeah so questions we've already answered mort's one uh mike kilby at mike kilby has asked where the fuck is the dominator the great okan oh uh... no sorry japan i think
0: yeah, I get the feeling uh, he got recalled and they didn't like his gimmick. So they're getting him like redesigned or retooled or whatever. But uh, yeah, he hasn't wrestled in like two months, three months.
1: He got he got pulled to do the US tour when like all the other Japanese guys couldn't work the, the US. Yeah, right?
0: yeah. He wrestled over there. That was like the last time he wrestled. So <laughs> I'm just putting it out there, but I think they might have not known how bad the gimmick was seeing him wrestle with the gimmick and gone, oh, God, we need to fix that. And, yeah, he's that's why he's got recalled.
1: Could also, I'd also heard from someone it might have been a Visa thing. I don't actually remember who I heard that from, and I don't know how reliable that is, so don't take that as a gospel I That could be complete bullshit, but that's yeah, always a potential. Yeah, we are taking
0: pretty wild guesses here, but um, fr- from where I'm looking, I don't think the character got over. I think Gideon Grey got over? Yeah, Which, if they ever need to use him for anything, I think that was a great <laughs> uh, piece of advertising for, for his lordship. But um, Okai himself, I don't think he covered himself in glory in his uh, UK excursion. Which is not particularly good news for us, because they probably won't send anyone else now.
1: Yeah, because they, they liked Oka a lot. Yeah. Um. Okay, so Akil, you're stablemate as part of review reviews um at akio khalid is star is the star pro- promo is the star promo progress admitting <laughs> that they've sucked since becoming nxt light um i don't think so i think it's i think it's star accusing them <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't of think that. that's a that's a, a progress thing that they're admitting um Anytime I've ever spoken to
0: anyone about progress, uh, about WWE, they've always had nothing but positive things to say. It's been a a boon for them as a company. And I doubt that will ever change uh, unless something goes horribly wrong. And I get the feeling that at the moment they've got like a safety net in William Regal, but if he goes and gets himself fired for something, uh, they might want to run away.
1: (laughs) Well, it might be too late by then. Um, but yeah, it is it's it is also one of those things where like when you've done the, you know, air quotes sell out, like you can never tell anyone you've done that because by admitting you've done that, you've kind of put put yourself in a place where like, you have to tell yourself that it was the right move every time, even if you do have your own doubts. Like as soon as you start going, maybe it wasn't right, then like <laughs> I've done this and what was it for? type type deal comes in to to get out of it if they were actually able
0: to get out of it and would then have to fend for themselves again it would need one hell of a jim smallman (laughs) primo in front of a live crowd to to swing that back in the favor of of guys like us but you never know
1: they're very far down that road now never never say
0: never in wrestling
1: That's true, that's true. Um, Follow-up. Does Sonic the Hedgehog have balls? No, he doesn't. He only has one. Uh, And Akil then follows him with another question, very greedy, three in a row, two tweets. Are there any promotions you think deserve more recognition? Um, Yes. I think in general, most promotions that kind of deserve it get it. Um, White Wolf could maybe do with a few more people with eyes on it. But then again, like their cards as a whole aren't generally great. It's just kind of their, their A-kid division is awesome. Um, <sighs> there's, you know, you're, you're kind of the better person to ask for this because you're the, the undergraps guy, whereas I'm the, yeah, the wrestling just snob. Um,
0: I've
1: been going to all
0: of the fight club shows this year. And since the new year, uh, since the change where they got rid of like their, NXT guys basically and started relying on everybody else the shows have been steadily improving up to DTTI and the atmosphere at DTTI, DTTI was absolutely blow away good uh, I think they're going to be a promotion to watch this year um, like through the course of the year I think you're going to see a lot better from their in ring they're actually telling stories as well which is something that like what what's is stories at the moment I guess do not resuscitate Maybe. I don't know. I prefer Shard and Ford, to be quite honest. Um, from the undergraps, uh, there are a, a lot of very decent small promotions that are putting on good stuff. Good. Uh, good. Uh, undoubtedly good um, for like Gene Money shenanigans.
1: And just anytime they get Mike Bailey there, it's well worth seeing the show. Um, to be clear, that's good wrestling for people we may have accidentally confused there. Yeah, the promotion and Milton Keynes.
0: OD. Good. I keep telling them it's a confusing name for promotion, but you know, I think they like know? that though, yeah, probably um, Wrestlegate Pro is surprisingly good uh I was not expecting that
1: yeah, I've but been that... to a a show of theirs it was and it was an enjoyable experience, and if they continue to bring in like Japanese guys that no one else will bring in and that I am like big fans of, I will continue to go to their shows and have good times.
0: Yeah, chances are I'll, I'll get to one of their shows by the end of the year. Um, oh, and uh, I went to a wrestling resurgence uh, show in Nottingham. Uh, I think they normally run in Leicester. But uh, that was fun. If you like something a little bit uh, less serious, I guess. But the uh, one of the matches on that show is Gene Money versus Jimmy Havoc. So I can say I've seen that and it was really good.
1: I think, in a way, maybe now is not like the the right time to say this, but looking at more of a a longer term view of this question in terms of deserving recognition, kind of for the Britrest boom, I think RevPro sometimes gets a bit of a hard hard shake compared to Progress. Whereas I think I don't think the Rest boom happens with ed, with only one of either of those two. I think both of them were necessary for it to to occur
0: well i wouldn't have come back in without rev pro because rev pro were booking uh, people i wanted to see so they they had uh, a card on a show and i was like well i want to go and watch that and that's how i got back in
1: yeah and i think that that happened for a lot of people They they both especially back then offered very different products and they still do to a degree but i think they Especially back then RevPro were more super show orientated or less even super show but like super match orientated whereas Progress well, I, I were wouldn't the storyline
0: promotion. I wouldn't have found out about Progress at all if it wasn't... Well, I probably would have eventually but I wouldn't have found out about them if I hadn't have come back in to go to RevPro. So mm-hmm. like one led to the other for me.
1: We first almost met at a RevPro show but... We we were both at that show. It probably, was the one uh... that Buff Bagwell was on. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, the internet reception was really bad, so we kind of, I think we tweeted back and forth with each other, but didn't actually get the tweets, so we never actually met that time. But, you know, we obviously have since. Yeah. That was, that was a weird show, in a weird venue that I don't think they ever went back to. No.
0: Nah, shame I quite liked
1: it. Yeah, it a nice atmosphere. Um, quite small, probably, for a, like... Was it Croydon? I think it was Croydon. Yeah. It. What was it called? It was... Was it the Clapham Grand?
0: Oh, Clapham! There you go. I Clapham and Croydon always get those two confused. I Close don't know if enough. That, that's bad or not? I don't know.
1: Yeah, so I I guess I guess you you could say that RevPro in a way I think sometimes gets unfairly like put down a bit as being less important than Progress. I know yeah, if if you had to point to one, I would probably say Progress was the most important to the British wrestling boom. But I think with either one of them missing i don't think we'd be where we are now um i think they they were both very important and kind of synergistic in a way yeah moving on uh what are your favorite favorite lycos memories slash moments hmm. personally i i've never been like a lot Lykos's greatest strength was he really connected on an emotional level with a lot of people and that's that's brilliant. That's a great asset to have, and that made him very beloved, and people cared about his matches a lot. Now, as we all know, I don't have emotions, so that didn't really happen to me. <laughs>
0: yeah, um, so I,
1: I was never like super, super into Lycos. I always thought he was pretty good. Uh but he was never like my favourite wrestler or anything. Um But I would probably say greatest moment I really enjoyed his debut in um in progress with chris brooks um where they they came in unannounced and got a massive pop and back then it felt like a really big deal because um alongside brooks as as cck they've been really like building up on the the slight slightly smaller indies um mainly like fight club pro and attack uh getting quite the reputation and then they like burst onto the scene in progress straight away at the top of the tag division they got a tremendous reaction I, I I remember thinking that was really cool at the time seeing someone transition from fight Club pro which back then was like significantly significantly smaller than progress and attack over to um, over to progress and get that crossover reaction I, I remember thinking that was really cool at the time what about you
0: uh I have two. Uh, the first time I got really attached to, to Kid Lycos as a character was uh, I was in The Fiction. Uh, it was, I want to say January. It was definitely January, so I was going to say 2017, I think. Uh, it was the uh, Attack Club Pro uh, show. Uh, that They dubbed it Wrestle House. I think it was the first time they referred to the venue as a, a Wrestle House. Um, there was a match uh featuring kid Us. it was uh, like a tag match and he was um calling for a brainbuster and it kind of started off with him just shouting brain buster. and it was kind of loud and it was kind of funny and he, he couldn't get it and then he tried again and <laughs> it was and it was a little bit louder a little bit screechier he still couldn't get it and then the third one is one of the most high pitched Brain buster calls I have ever heard, and I I could barely stand. I was laughing so I was laughing so hard, um, and that was part of like the the CCK team. Uh, that show ended up with um, them in a, a tag, so it was him and Brooks and Shea Persa against Mustache Mountain and Joel Allen, and Warren Owen refereed it and ended up winning the hot, the attack twenty four seven title. Ah, <laughs> oh, days gone by. Uh also I was at Progress on the night where CCK won the tag titles uh, the first time. So that was a, a very special moment. Was that um, against strong style? Yes. yes that was God. a good match
1: from what I remember. Very good match. Yeah,
0: I remember it being very good. Uh really enjoyed it. Um but people were very emotional. About that, and even at the time, it was kind of a feeling that this was probably going to be the only major title that Lycos was ever going to win because of his injury problems. And um, I was happy to be there for that. And I felt like he got past it as well. And like his his shoulder problems, he he'd been taking more care to protect himself. Uh, he got that shoulder brace. Uh, he bulked up a bit. Uh, he even looked, I thought he looked really good uh, in the US, like right before he retired. He had a couple of matches over there that I thought were really good. And um, yeah, I, I'm kind of sad that, that he's gone, but uh, there'll always be a place for a kid like us in British wrestling because you can't do away with that, that much uh, knowledge and, and entertainment ability. So like he'll always be a great voice uh, for whoever wants to use him. And he's a great manager.
1: Definitely, definitely, will be missed. Um, Joseph C. Wilfred has asked a great match from this year that you think has somewhat gone under the radar. Uh, for me, I don't know. Like my, I'm a wrestling snob, and nothing like under the radar has gone past the four star mark for me yet this year. Closest was probably that triple threat from WrestleGate. Um, at, at uh, Carrot Weekend. Uh, yeah, sent... for Colts. Yeah, that that was that was pretty good. I I went three and three quarters on that. Um, what, thought that was like a similar level to Ridgeway versus Tagashita from um, from another WrestleGate um, match from from Nottingham. But, like, I don't have, like, one match where I really think was, like, uh, an undiscovered must-watch gem or anything. But you probably do. You, as I say, um, you you are less of a snob than me.
0: Yeah, well, I went and made a list because I was, like, uh, when I saw the question, I was, like, ah, I need to prepare for that one. Um, so this is the the list of stuff that uh, that I think is well worth seeing that you might not have done. Uh, so for Red Pro, uh, back in January, they ran a cockpit show and uh, Shigeher Irie wrestled uh, Josh Bodum and it was really good. Um, I've also got uh, for good wrestling at Milton Keynes, or Wolverton, should I say, that's what they actually run. Mm-hmm. But um, Mike Bailey was wrestling for them uh, earlier in the year. He wrestled Mike Bird and it was a very, very good match. Anytime Bailey goes there, it's a good time, guaranteed. The, uh, I'm not sure how many people saw WXW's New York show, but there's two great matches on there. Guns and Eerie, Eerie a, which is the main event, and Lucky Kid versus David Starr. Uh, you can't get the benefit of the Starr Primo because it's been cut off the tape. Uh, there was another WXW uh, match I wanted to bring attention to. The Rotor Carrot show that they ran in London had a five-way which was uh, Ilya, Chris Brooks, uh, Bobby Guns, Tim Thatcher, and, and Lucky Kid. Uh, that was a really good match. Uh, great atmosphere for it live. Uh, cracking little spot fest. Uh, I assume everyone's seen Volta uh, and Veit Muller. So what? skip over that.
1: Oh, yeah, that, that would probably be my shout if that counts as under the radar. Yeah, if, or...
0: if people haven't seen that match, then like go and go and watch that one. It's from Dead End in February. Uh, there's been Fight a couple of Like a little home crowd. It's a, oh, yeah, it's a good answer. Oh, yeah, no, it's really good. I've got another WrestleGate um, match that I thought was good. Uh, Ilya and Robbie X. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, I enjoyed that. And there's been a few in, in Fight Club. Uh, I've ended up uh, plumping for two. Uh, the Osprey Dan Maloney match that I was telling you about from uh, night one of DTTI and uh, Ray Horace wrestled uh, El Fantasmo at uh, International Techers. And that was a really good match. So there's a few to get your your teeth into if you're missing any of those.
1: Nice little collection there. Um, oh God, this looks like a Spanish name. I can't pronounce this. Uh, La Gatita Negra.
0: That sounded pretty good.
1: Yeah, let's go with that. Um, with the loss of Kaylee Ray and Viper, who would you say are the premier women's workers in the UK? Uh, Millie Mackenzie straight away comes to mind, um, although she spends a lot of time in in Japan at the moment. She's en- she's around enough, definitely. Um, it's weird that kind of Ginny felt like she was this, and now was kind of dropped off a bit. It's it's a weird dynamic there, but you know she's What's, still up there character wise she's under
0: contract right so yeah i don't think that would count if we're not counting kaylee ray and viper then I, I guess that doesn't count either
1: um i
0: uh I, jamie hater
1: yeah definitely her styling works amazing and uh from the what i've seen of her in the, in the uk it's been very good as well
0: i think she's a great heel um i She's kind of showing me a different side of herself in, in stardom, but uh, the stuff that she's been doing in the UK, especially for Eve, I thought was really good, the heel work that she was doing there. Um, she's still... I, I'm going to just look her up because I can't remember how long she's been wrestling for. It's not long. Uh,
1: like four years? Mm-hmm. Sounds about right.
0: Yeah, so she's just kind of hitting the a steady run of of form now and she's kind of being molded into what is going to be a a top tier worker no doubt I'm kind of confused as to why Red Pro took the title off her but I guess she just wasn't available for the dates
1: Mm. but then you put it on Zoe Lucas who does a bunch of stardom anyway it's weird Um, yeah 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 what can you do um. Who else? Like Sadie Gibbs. While she can still be used, is very talented and does a lot of cool stuff. She's, and... she's
0: going to AEW yeah, as well. I
1: but, know. Uh... That's that's kind of the the problem there. But like seeing her live, it M- really mainly sucked... based
0: off uh, one of the gifts that I did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it true. actually got um one of the books commented on it, and I was like, okay, that's that's her sign there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like she's. When you see her live, like it really sinks in. Like, and this is going to sound like a, a harsh shot towards most women in wrestling. I don't necessarily mean it that way. It can be, probably be applied to most indie men as well. But like, she looks like an athlete, and it's not until you see her juxtaposed against a lot of the other women in wrestling, like how much she looks like an athlete and how much she stands out because of that. Because a lot of the women don't look like athletes. Like, yeah. she. She's like super thickly muscled in the upper body, her you know she's ripped uh, like it's it. She just looks incredible and she moves like an athlete as well. It's it's incredibly impressive seeing her.
0: Yeah, I'm not surprised somebody snapped her up. If it wasn't AEW, it would have been WWE. I would have thought it's just one of those things where you just you just need to see her do that uh, that Sasuke special and it's like
1: okay, yeah. There you go. Yeah the the only complaints you ever see of her are, are never like in ring based. That's for sure. Like some people complain about attitude issues and such, but you know when she's in the ring, she has delivered every time I've seen her. That's for sure. Uh, shout out to
0: uh, Sammy Jane as well. I like Sammy Jane. Cool, cool. She she has had some injury issues, which is kind of. Uh, inhibited her a little bit, but um, she certainly one to keep an eye on because when she is fit, she's she's great.
1: And to close off the episode, one last final question. Who's had the most devastating retirement? <sighs> Kid Lykos or Oliver Court? Well, definitely Kid Lycos because fuck that Ollie Court guy. He just left us high and dry. <laughs> Screw him. Um,
0: <laughs> Rob doesn't have emotions, so it's... Uh... Obviously, it's a bit of an, an issue. I miss Ollie. To, to guys, miss Ollie a lot. Yeah, we we haven't kicked him out of the group chat. So like, he's still like sat <laughs> in our group chat, like must observing get so our many annoying notifications. <laughs>
1: he's probably got it muted, to be fair. But
0: I would have thought so. But like, yeah, he's he, he just stay in there. It's fine. He's still he's still there's there's still a spot for him at the table. Any time he wants to come back.
1: Yeah, the, the, there's still a seat at the the circular table
0: it's just kind of propped up against the against the edge at the moment but yeah we've left his plate there and everything
1: (laughs) we have a meal every time we podcast It's, it's a weird dynamic but what can you do um makes it a lot harder to edit for some reason um yeah, it was it was nice when uh, after we'd done our live show, we just got a little message in a, a group chat that we're we're both in as well as him and a bunch of other guys. Just him, him, he'd obviously seen us on the WXW Twitter feed, and he just said, "Well done" or something like that. And I was like, Aw. it's
0: like, oh, nice one, chaps, or something. He's, I can't he's, remember. He's the still a. One. It
1: was very Ollie. It was a very Ollie saying. Yeah,
0: it was nice for him to drop in and just uh, and just say that. Uh...
1: We should probably add because it makes it. We haven't. I'm not sure if we've fully gone into it um because it sounds like he might be like ill or dying or something <laughs> like <laughs> to to our knowledge he's fine he's just kind of fallen out of love with wrestling he fell out of it mid japan well mid tokyo dome main event from from the way he told it um and has kind of like completely disassociated himself from wrestling but um yeah you know, he, he's doing fine from from what we know we we text him occasionally just to check he's still alive and uh yeah he's always welcome back no beef there for sure
0: yeah, and people ask me all the time now. It's like this is the question. It's like what is Ollie okay? Where's Ollie? <laughs> have you seen Ollie? So it's it's become the the question now that people ask me. What I'm at about. How's Ollie? Where's
1: he's face, Ollie? he's facing he's facing um Ollie? Jimmy Havoc at uh Strong Style. <laughs> He's been bulking up. He, he's he's in good condition. He does have like a similar rich build to Kid like Us. Maybe maybe uh <laughs> Maybe we're on to something there. I think we're about done now. I think that's, that's a that's a note to end it on, the the disappearance of, of Ollie Court. Plugs, you are reviewing all of the... Well, you've just finished reviewing all of the Champion I've Carnival. I've done it,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, I did
0: all of Champion Carnival. I did all of WrestleMania week. So there was... I think I reviewed 38 shows from WrestleMania week. Madness. We're, Which I did, like, within the space of a week. So (laughs) that was was a hell of a week. Uh, That's all available on rearviewreviews.com. You can follow me on Twitter at
1: Arnold Furious. You can follow me on Twitter at Round. That's B-R-I-T-W-R-E-S Round, uh, which I'm sure you can spell. Voices of Wrestling dot com will have reviews of Super Strong Style sixteen, as well as probably a written preview. If you just didn't quite get enough, we'll probably have some different people on it, maybe a bit more positive. So if you you come reach the end of this and you're furious with us for how negative we've been. Perhaps no, we... i am I'm furious. Oh that's true. That's true. Perhaps um if you want to steal Arndt's Gimmick, you can't, because he's had it since like nineteen oh two. It's not quite that long it's close though it's close Uh, yeah
0: it might be over 20 years at this point Uh,
1: how do you end a podcast I don't remember bye guys yeah
0: we haven't done it for a while bye